All right, all right, all right. Welcome in. This is Toilets to Titles on the Clock NFL Draft Show. This is episode number eight. This is the episode where we talk about quarterbacks, man. And uh, I am joined once again by my co-hosts. Like I have the whole government with me this evening. <laughs> I got I got the mayor of college football, Mr. Nino Brown, probably the, the hardest working man at Toilets to Titles at Nino Brown underscore T2T. Nino was cooking. I love it. This is going to be a great episode. I'm fired up to be here. Um, technical difficulties last week, so I had to sit the bench. But, um, the, you know, you quarterbacked already. You, you threw an incomplete pass. You hit the wrong intro, Coach. Oh, no. We yeah, have I a did that. clock intro. And you I hit know. the, the, I hit the toilets and titles. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I got I got to change. I'm so I'm so used to my uh, – I get comfortable. Because the thing is, it's like I got to time it every week. Like, you have to hit go live. And then I got it. There's like a four or five second delay. So I got to count the delay and then I can't hit the intro until I've counted the delay. So it's like there's three or four steps I have to take. And I fumbled in the last step. It's almost like like Deshaun Jackson, you know, running. Like everything was going smooth. I was running to the end zone. I was there and I fumbled, right? Or even Leon Lett in the snow, right? Like when he fumbled running in the end zone. So yeah, very, very similar to those instances. So I apologize. But thanks for sticking with me. Nino, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, I don't think. Problem. <laughs> the governor wouldn't have pointed that out. Uh, my dude, KT at Leverett underscore KT on the Twitter. Leverett, what's cooking? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm I'm excited for the show today. Uh, we're gonna talk about a lot of exciting things, man. Shout out to my boy Nino, man. You know, been running up them numbers on a black black <laughs> black shirt breakdown. I always mess up the day, but the day goes show. But uh, shout out to all Nebraska fans who's gonna tune in into that show. And you're lucky you got that right because he would have told you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, clearly. Like, no debate. Like, uh-huh. you see, he, he told you about you. <laughs> that's, why he's the, that's why he's the COO. Like, I started Toilets and Titles. This dude comes in in a year, and already he's putting me in check. So I got I got to respect that, man. I'm always trying to keep up with Nino. But that's it. So the, the governor, the mayor here, and, and the man – of the i would say the man of the hour but it's it's usually we go for about a half hour in this show so i'm gonna say <laughs> the man of the half hour mr mark schofield at mark schofield for he covers nfl he covers f1 and more at sb nation mark what's happening what's going on Fred? it's a pleasure to be here we can go for however long you need me uh, i'm here for you um but excited to be here uh fun week in indy uh happy to be back from that back into you know normalcy because Three nights of steakhouses start to take a toll on the body. Which steakhouse? Um, Which steakhouse was your favorite? I gotta say, Roos Chris this year was really good. Um, last year it was it was a well. Last year was different because we had I think fourteen people at dinner. This was a smaller group, so it was nice. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. Fogo was good. Um, Elmos is always Elmos, but you got, you got in. You got in to say yeah, Elmos. Yeah, I, I do this whenever I book an indie trip. I do flight, hotel, St. Elmo's. Like, those are the three reservations I make in order. Like, oh, man. You, you have to do it right away, like, months ahead of time, because otherwise it's, like, Saturday night at, like, 1030. is the only time you can get in, and you're just like, I, I can't do this. So it, it was a- what, time, what time do you get done with your day at the So we haven't been there. Dennis, D-Now, Jared, they crushed it. But we, me, Nino, KT, we're going to go next year. We're going to do the St. Elmo's thing. So what time does your day end, and how soon after that are you, like, on the way to dinner? Combine day end. Combine day ends around eight thirty. Um, and it's a long day. I mean, and and I will say, 
budget in time for a nap. Like this, that's the pro move because I will, but this typically guy, this guy won't. Well, see here, here, here's the reason. So typically the day starts well before 8 a.m. Because the players start meeting the media at 8 a.m. You know, Bryce Young was at the, he was at the podium 8 a.m. Friday morning. So you got to be there for that. And his pumps. At, at, in the big shoes. I mean, those are on the timeline. Yeah. Um, and you know it's going to be a big crowd. So you got to get there ahead of time. So the the players speak until like 1. Then you get some work done. Lunch, 2, 2.30. Then the workouts start at like 3. You got to like carve out like a good half hour, 45 minutes for a nap somewhere in there. Because then the workouts went from like 3 to 8. You get done, you do a little more work, then it's the dinner at nine. You're it's like a it's a three C four day. That's what I was rolling in because yeah. you because you gotta it's hard because then you do dinner and then the real activity begins because most people they're closing down prime at like four in the morning and then you gotta get up and do it again. So it takes its toll. It's a long week. Man, that sounds incredible. So all of those we got Dina was in the comments right now. He helped us get the credentials. Him and Boomer handled it. I heard he had a nap while he was down there. So he <laughs> has to. I mean, otherwise you come yeah. back and you're a zombie for the next yeah. week. And look, you know, you guys are young. I'm an old. I'm 46. I'm not man. young. I'm 41. I can't. See, you're still younger than me, Nino. Like 45. <laughs> like once you hit 45, like these, you know, 20 hour days, you can't do too many of those anymore. Listen, I am. I am already like. I'm in bed like nine o'clock. If my wife has so right now, we're waiting for Ted Lasso comes out next week. We've been watching The Last of Us, uh, The Mandalorian's going on. Like we're not super locked into that, but it's still something to watch. And we just fall behind because I have a window. I lay down in bed. She likes to you know use her phone when she lays down in bed. I like to I you know I kind of journal at the end of the day about ten minutes. Just sit down and then it's if we don't start the show like twenty minutes like that's my window. And then I could stay up for like an hour, an hour and a half. But if we don't, like, I'm out. So so I'm yeah. already, like, a sleepy guy. The only show I get like... to see is Bluey. Oh, oh yeah. I, I remember I, right, those That's days. it. I that's remember it. those days. That's why the phone stays with me. And it's, yeah. it's film, 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 film. That's it. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's Bluey. Yes. But, <laughs> but I do wake up early, earlier than I need to. <laughs> When I find so I don't have a lot of time for video games, and this is going to segue me into my next topic. But when I find a video game that I really enjoy, in order to get the TV time I want without having to, you know, you know, kind of, I got my kids, I got stuff I got to do, I got responsibility, I'll wake up at like 4 a.m., like on days that I'm supposed to be up at six and without problems, which causes problems because then it's like, why can you wake up at four for this? But now we just whatever, you know, but these are, you know, to topics of discussion. And there's a video game coming out in September, Mark. So we we last time you were on, we talked about Skyrim. We realized like we were long lost best friends. We both spent well, a lot of time over there. Now Bethesda's coming out with Starfield. We've been waiting for it. We find out in June we're gonna get like some in-game footage. Like we just got the tra the release trailer, and then September sixth, the game. So a week before the NFL season. So what my question for you is. Football or Starfield, which is going to take up most of your time in the month of September? Oh, man. It's going to be Starfield. <laughs> I, I'm completely honest about that because I can get caught up on the other stuff. I can get caught up on film. I can get caught up on, you know, watching prospects, the stuff I need to do. I've been waiting for this for like, what, six, seven years, it feels like. Um, yeah, it's going to be Starfield. 
Yes. All right. So that's a fair question, man. I, I am like, I don't know what I'm going to do because Sundays. Here's a, qu- here's a question for you. What are you playing now to get ready for Starfield? Man, so what I've been playing. So I re-got into Fallout 76. So okay. I got into Fallout 76 when it first came out and before they had NPCs. So this we're talking foreign language to some. Yeah. Some of you listening at home who this isn't a foreign language to. This is for you. Uh, before they had NPCs, right, where non-playable characters, human <laughs> beings to interact with. They used to not have that. So I played back then. I loved it. People complained about it. I put it down. I actually picked that back up. And it's been a lot of fun because I, I think – I like Skyrim. I loved Oblivion, but New Vegas was my favorite Bethesda game of all time. So I got into that, but also my son's big into soccer. So this isn't an, uh, an RPG, but we've been playing a lot of FIFA. Nice, nice. See, yeah, I, I picked up, I went through a Fallout 4 phase like a couple of months ago. I replayed that. I've been doing Outer Worlds to get ready for Starfield, okay, right. which, which I've really, have you played that? Yes. Yeah, it, I've really enjoyed it. Um, but then it's just we're, we're counting down to Starfield, man. I can't right, wait. Well, I, I see, you know, Nino's not usually a tired yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But I see, I see he's starting to get the glazed over look. I said, <laughs> I told KT and Nino, I tagged him. Uh, they're going to kill me. I had to get We got it out of the way. We got it out of the way. Yes. So that, not too bad, man. We could have went on forever about things they have no interest in. All right. Anyway, you want to support the show. You want to help us get to the combine, to the NFL draft, to the Senior Bowl, all these events that we're trying to get to so we can cover live for you. Patreon.com backslash toilets and titles. Check out all the tiers. That also, regardless of whatever tier you're in, reach out to us about getting in our gilded chat. We have tons of stuff going on in there. We have a title tribe lobby because all you know members of the team are, are title tribe members. And in there, we got mock drafts going on. Anybody who's a member of the title tribe can hop in our mock drafts. We have a lot of fun. You got the YouTube if you're listening to us on audio platforms. Throw us a subscribe, comment, like, all that good stuff. It helps the algorithm, helps bump us up. And we're at like 951 subs right now. So we're getting close to 1,000. So we're pushing that number. We appreciate y'all. And uh, enough with all that stuff, man. Now we can talk about some quarterbacks. So you were at the Combine. You were live in person. I feel like the quarterback kind of market, maybe not. Maybe that's not the correct word for it, just the landscape, rather, of the quarterback position in this class has changed so often over the last like six or seven months who's the top dog who's number two who's number three like all the way to five the the, it's been like a revolving door and it it did again at the combine so what are your what were your initial reactions about the quarterback class at the combine and then after you got home and you had some time to kind of let it marinate has any of those initial initial reactions changed yeah, they haven't really changed. I mean, you're right in that this is a sort of life cycle that we live through every every sort of draft season. And we're going to go through it started in May when we start fighting the Caleb William, you know, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr. wars because those are coming. But at the start of the year, it was C.J. Stroud. It was Bryce Young. Levis and Richardson were kind of handed out there. I will say being in the, in the building Saturday at Lucas Oil, like you could feel it shift a little bit with what Richardson did, not just the way he tested a low, the vertical, the broad, the 40, they all translate to explosiveness, that they translate to velocity and torque and all that stuff there. Those drills did matter for him, you know, but it was the throw-in session too, you know, seeing the ball come out of his hand, seeing the velocity that he can dial up. You know, he had a really good throw-in session, and I thought that there were moments where, on particular routes, particularly downfield, you could hear the velocity, let alone see it. 
So I thought it was a really good throw in session. I thought it was a very good performance from him. And the fact that we're now coming out of Indy and not that it will happen, but that there's a, a at least a discussion about him going first overall tells you the kind of week that he had. I thought Stroud, and I know we're going to talk about rankings, like Stroud's my guy. Um, I was very impressed basically from Friday till Saturday with him. I thought his, his podium session, and not that that matters for much, but there was a self-awareness to his podium session where he talked a lot about, you know, you, you played so well against Georgia. You ran so well. You were so athletic. Where was that? And he's like, look, my youth football coach told me you have to play from the pocket. My high school coach told me you have to win with accuracy. I had to do push-ups if bubble screens weren't put to the right shoulder. There was a self-awareness to that where he's basically said, look, I probably looking back could have done it more. I kind of regret not doing it, but I had guys that were wide open. If I, if I don't throw to Marvin Harrison and he's wide open, he's going to yell at me. If I don't throw to the guys to JSN and they're open, I got to spread the ball around to my guys. I'm a ball placement specialist. That's what I do. And then he showed it in Saturday at his throwing session. And so I thought he had a very good session. I thought Levis, you know, he was in the first group of quarterbacks, the way they divided up. Stroud and Richardson were in the second. But I thought Levis really sort of stood out. I thought there were moments when he was trying to be a little bit too perfect. He was afraid of missing throws, and he ended up missing throws as a result. You know, and out of the top four, he's the guy that I have fourth. But I could still see a scenario in the NFL where it works. So I thought he did what he needed to do. And really, Bryce Young had to weigh in. You know, that's what he had to do. And he got the results that I think they were hoping for. You know, 5'10 and an eighth, 204. He's not going to play at 204, but I think that at least checks the box for a general manager out there that says, okay, he's at least Kyler Murray size. He's at least, you know, Baker Mayfield size. He's not the ultimate outlier at the position. Like if he came in, you know, 5'9, 190 or something like that, then it's a much different discussion. Now he's at least in the range of quarterbacks we've seen go first overall in recent years. And so he could end up going first overall too. And so I thought all four performed pretty well, did what they needed to do. And the fact that, you know, we're having the Richardson conversation at one overall, the landscape certainly shifted over those days in Indy. Excellent. Excellent. So you said, uh, you know, I'm going to let you go ahead. Go ahead, man. So it was nice to finally hear a, a quarterback's guy. Not just say that Will Levis was, you know, Will Levis. Like, yeah, everybody on the Angry Blue Bird, all these analysts, they all say that, you know, hey, Will Levis is out there just being Will Levis. Like, he looked – he's my guy, by the way, Mark. So, if I, it's not obvious. Um, right. I, I live and die by – I know he's got things he's got to correct. You know what I mean? His decision-making sometimes is out in left field. But I, I think he's, like, the best prototypical build out of the class. Uh, he may not have the best mobility or, the you know, the best – Field awareness out of the group, but I think his his what his intangibles and his build and you know being in a, a pro style offense for two years, two different styles. I think he's got the best, you know, package. Um, but everybody seems to like say now he's afraid of milk and now how is he going to be? He's not going to be afraid of defenses and stuff. Like come on, like he 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 can play in the NFL. That that is just absolutely crazy that that is even a topic. My thing with Anthony Richardson, right? All the measurables and all that. In reality, right? He's a quarterback. When is he going to need the extreme vertical leap? Like, it, like you know what I mean? Like, quarterback position is just to throw the ball. So, like, but that's his weakest part. Yeah. Here, first off, I mean, I think it's these four guys. I like all four of them. I mean, it's not like years where okay, there's somebody in this group that's being talked about as a first rounder that I just don't see it. 
I, I, I think all four of these guys can play in the NFL, and I think they can all be very good. And with respect to Levis, my dream scenario is Carolina for him um, because of everything they've put around the quarterback position in Carolina with, you know, Josh McGowan, former quarterback, who was sort of a coach slash quarterback coach slash teammate of Sam Darnold when Darnold was with the Jets and he helped develop him. You know, Frank Wright, say what you want about him. You know, in 2017, he was part of the group that had Wentz playing at an MVP level. And so, you know, Deuce Staley, Parks Frazier, like they've got so much coaching knowledge around the quarterback position. They're built to develop a quarterback. If Levis ends up there, I think it could be fantastic. With Richardson and, you know, like I saw what he had the 40, when he had the vert, when he had the bra, there were a lot of questions of, yeah, but what does this mean for throwing the ball? And what it means is this. It means that he's an explosive athlete. That explosiveness translates to torque in the upper body through the throwing motion, which leads to the velocity, which gives him that extra half second to three quarters of a second in the pocket to read out a concept. You know, and that's the sort of thing that's missing with him right now is that when you watch him on film, you watch him against Florida State, even games, even plays where he misses on throws, the eyes are where they need to be. But sometimes the feet, the hips, they're lagging behind. And so I think from a mental perspective, he's farther ahead than people might give him credit for, but he does need time and reps. But the the testing that he showed in Indy, the, the vert, the, it all adds up to explosiveness, which adds up to torque. And the reason why you hear a lot of, say, Josh Allen comparisons, it's going to be a similar path for him. When Allen was coming out of Wyoming, he had velocity, explosiveness, torque which gave him that extra half second to three quarters of a second in the pocket to read stuff out so if he wasn't sure of something he could take that extra moment make sure of it and the ball's still going to get there on top that's not to say that it's going to work for richardson like it might not i mean it, there's still a lot of projection involved there but i think that's how the testing that he did is going to help him as a quarterback is going to help him develop it's not that you know you're going to see him do jump passes or stuff like that. I saw some of those jokes flying around the time. Like, no, it's just he's an explosive athlete. It's going to generate velocity on throws. That's why he's able to dial it up with like 60, 61 miles per hour. That's going to help him. Man, so with Will Levis, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't perform bad. It's just these other guys each, you know, like you said, Young hit the hit the weight he wanted to hit, and then he didn't perform. Stroud with the throw-in. And then Richardson just with the athlete, uh, elite athleticism. I think with Levis, I, I tweeted this out earlier. I feel like if he wants to increase how much money he's making as a rookie, he wants to get draft higher, his agent needs to be coming up with a scheme like Johnny Manziel style. Like if he's at his pro day throwing with shoulder pads on, like bump, he's got to come up with some sort of scheme to create some – But I mean, I'm talking for money, financial purposes. Well, what's, the difference, talking- what's the difference between one and six or one and seven? It ain't that much money. Yeah, I mean, he's still, he's still like, I, I think the floor for him in this draft is nine. And Carolina's probably going to come up anyway. Like, it, the floor for him might be seven to, to but, the Raiders. But, but it's so, easy it's easy for us to say, but I'm sure he would like to be the third quarterback taken off oh, the board yeah. or the second yeah, quarterback right. taken yeah. off the board. So not only is it just financial, it's, it's bragging rights. And I just think, I think he could benefit from having I mean, an electric He's still going to have a great pro day no matter what he does. Right? And that's the thing to keep in mind. Like these pro days, you know, I've talked to quarterback coaches that have scripted these and, you know, they're very scripted. They practice them, but they work. I mean, Zach Wilson, let's right. not forget his pro right. day. Um, is Richardson a day one starter? I That's the tougher question. I don't think so. 
I don't think he also needs the two years that's being bandied about. I've seen that. I, I think he needs reps. Um, I, I've seen the sort of Mahomes sit for a year. I think that could work. You know, I the one of the more fascinating that situation though. Seattle behind, behind Gino. And that was an interesting or if thing. If Garoppolo that, goes to the Raiders and he, he gets drafted, there. yeah. I mean, but that was an interesting. Both Schneider and Carroll talked about like, hey, we're usually picking in the twenties. Like, we've never been up this high. This is an opportunity to draft a quarterback. Um, and Carroll talked a lot about having patience with young quarterbacks and how they're really plugged into this quarterback class. And even Gino said, you know, at the press conference today, announcing yeah. his new deal, he basically said, "I'll mentor somebody." Like, I don't. They don't have to force a pick. You know, they could go defense, defense with those picks at five and twenty. Like, they could do that. But if Richardson's staring them in the face at five, it wouldn't surprise me if they did it. I mean, that that would be the sort of sit and wait kind of scenario, you know, a year um, to let him develop and then let him go. Better prospect coming out, Trey Lance or Richardson? They're different. Try, try, try not to be, you know, I know recency by like – you know, it's hard to put that aside. So it's it's easy to remember, all right, Lance has been around. He hasn't been successful. He's been injured. So all that aside, like coming out, North Dakota State, Richardson coming out of Florida. That's a tough question because I really liked Lance. And I, I really thought that the fit was going to be ideal. I mean, that offense at North Dakota State and, you know, the offense that he's running out of San Francisco, they're extremely, extremely, extremely similar. And so are they – you know, Trey Lance ended up in a great situation. It just hasn't kind of come together for him. And I think that Lance, because of where he ended up in San Francisco in an extremely similar offense, was closer to being that sort of quote-unquote day one starter than Richardson will be. So the best way to answer that might be this. I thought, you know, Lance might have had the better floor. I think Richardson has the better ceiling. Of the Fair. Okay. I like that. I like, I like that. Yeah. I like So who, who are your top five yeah. coming out of the combine? See, okay. So for me, it's it's Stroud, Young, Richardson, Levis, and then the big question for me, honestly, because those four guys I really like all four. They're all gonna go in the top ten. Like that, that all works. The tougher question I'm struggling with is who is QB five. Like that's genuinely yeah. the tougher question for me because I could make an argument for Hendon Hooker, you know, but there are also some arguments against that. I could make an argument for Tanner McKee but it's also 2023. It's not 2005. Like if this were 2005 and you get a six foot six, <laughs> Joe Flacco looking pocket passer, like he's QB one, but it's a different world right now. And, and so, you know, he can make some throws, but I just wonder if that type of quarterback, you know, when you, it, it was an interesting discussion in the stands on Saturday. Like once you get past like the top group, of four it's okay either this guy's a great thrower and has a big arm or this guy's a great athlete and needs to learn to like throw the football better it's hard to find somebody that blends the two hooker might be the closest so i'm leading hooker qb5 but that's the toughest decision for me right now love it i got love so it. i got a question for you and it leads to that number five slot right because coming out of the combine me me and kt kind of disagree on this gentleman he likes him a little more than I do. Uh, Stetson Bennett, he got all the buzz coming out, out of the combine, right? Like, but at all the tape you saw, I just saw this, and all of a sudden he went from being possibly a sixth or seventh round pick to came out of the combine, and now he's, a, you know, according to Mel Kiper, a fourth round pick, like because he wore mesh shorts and, and ran athletically. All of a sudden now, like the film doesn't matter. So my question to you is. 
because I think that the latter of this question, I, I take this gentleman, Stetson Bennett or Tyson Bajan? Hey, you, you totally just swayed him. Now you're going to ask him a question. You, you can't tell him who you would take of the two. Now right. you're, you're putting your right. opinion into his head. I mean, <laughs> that's not a fair debate anymore. He's not a rookie here. This is a professional. I would take Bennett over Bajan. Um, I, I think there's a little bit more to Stetson Bennett's game that he's given credit for. Both, mostly because the jokes are so easy to make. I mean, I've made them too. I made Stetson Bennett Audi. I can't wait to buy an Audi from there someday. Like we, <laughs> we, we see them all over the timeline. But I think when you sort of like, and also that Georgia offense, it was like at times a masterclass of like how to ask your quarterback not to do too much because it's, you know, a lot of bubbles and rubbing back screens and things like that. But when he had to make some throws, he was able to make them. When he had to attack the middle of the field, he was able to do that. And he had a little bit more velocity at times on some throws, crossers and digs and things like that than I was expected from him. I think the reason why he's sort of being talked about instead of like the sixth, seventh rounder as a fourth, fifth rounder is outside of the top four guys in Indy and only three of them through, it was a pretty shaky day Saturday. Like, I thought you were going to use another SH word. To... <laughs> I mean, I could have, but there's, you know, uh, my kids might be watching. They're still yeah. like, no, it's good. I don't I mean, want to do that. Watching too. But like, like there was a point, um, and I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, you could probably go and be into it at some point. But during the gauntlet drill, we were wondering if there was going to be a call from an agent to say, look, my guy hurt his shoulder because the gauntlet <laughs> drill, all you're asked to do is like, throw a five-yard throw. And there was a quarterback that couldn't hit it that was holding his receivers up, that was making life tough for them. So it, outside of the you know, the big three that threw, it was shaky. And I, I think when you see the way that you know, Stetson showed some athleticism and he, he's got the two national titles, it was kind of a scenario where it's like, okay, well, everybody else didn't show up really. Stetson kind of did. Maybe that helped his stock a little bit. It's like the ugly chick that goes out you know, with the – Three decent-looking girls, and she just makes them look better. I mean, there, 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 there was something happening because some of these other quarterbacks, like, really, really sort of, whether it was, you know, the environment, whether it was throwing to new receivers for the first time, whether it was the pressure of the situation, it, it's the world's strangest, longest, most absurd job interview in the world. I mean, you know, it's, there's something to that. I mean, look, if if I'm a team that has room for a developmental quarterback and it's the sixth round and Bajan's staring me in the face, yeah, I'll draft him. I mean, there's, there's something there. But if I'm trying to turn in the card earlier for a QB, round four or five, it's probably Stetson. Is there anyone else besides is, – is there any mid-round quarterback that you might have been into going into the process who impressed you at all at the Combine, not named Stetson Bennett? Um, who – I mean, there were some guys going in that I was excited about. You know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA, um, Jake Hayner from Fresno State, Jaron Hall from BYU. Those were the three guys that I was sort of – pretty interested in going in you know they had up and down moments you know dtr tested well has a lot of velocity like i, I think if taking again seattle i've seen the don't draft a development quarterback of five draft him in the fifth round draft dtr i, I think that could work i think hater you know in every class there's a quarterback that like hey that's colt mccoy or that's you know the latest <laughs> one is, is taylor Heineke, where like 
you don't you don't know if he's ever going to be a, a full time starter, but you wouldn't be surprised if twelve years from now he's still in the league and a backup SWAT starter. That's probably Jay Kaner in this class. Um, Hall intrigued me a lot coming into the season. Intrigued me a lot watching him in the season in spurts and flashes. Pocket movement. There's some moments in the pocket where he's got pressure, flash of color off the peripheral, flash of color in his face, and it doesn't phase him at all. But there are also moments where he takes a sack safety against Notre Dame, and it's like, my friend, you know you're backed up in the end zone. Like, clock's going to be ticking. He missed on some throws this season, missed on some throws Saturday. And so, you know, it was a, wasn't the best performance, but I'm still intrigued by him. And so there are <laughs> mid-range quarterbacks where it's like, if you've got a starter and you've got a backup, but you might want to push the back up a bit, these are those guys. Go ahead, KT. So with, with Jaron Hall, we seen him down at the Senior Bowl, and we had extremely lofty expectations yeah. for him coming into the Senior Bowl. And I don't know if it was like an expectations versus reality, but he didn't impress me. And I could probably speak for both Coach and Nino was saying, I don't think he impressed any of us at all. At the senior bowl, I don't know. To me, it seemed like he was a little too nonchalant for me. I don't know if that's the impression you got at the yeah, yeah, KT. I mean, you see that as well. And you know, I, I, I know you, I saw that you guys, you know, we were talking about how underwhelmed you were with him. Others shared that same sentiment. Other people went into again this season and even the senior bowl and thought, hey, he might sort of rise up boards with a good performance. And instead, it's like, is he going to get drafted? Like, what is going on here? And, you know, you use the word nonchalant. I think that's a great way to sort of describe him on the field at times. Like, that sack safety against Notre Dame, it's like you know you're backed up. Like, you can't take your time here. You can't, like, read out every option. Top, clock's ticking. Like, this, there was a, a lacking of situational awareness that you saw on the field that I think people saw at the Senior Bowl at times. I think you almost could say you saw it at the Combine at times where it's like, is he does he have the right feel for these throws? And so, yeah, I mean, I was again excited coming in. There are things that I do like about his game, but it's been an underwhelming draft process. And sometimes an underwhelming draft process leads to an underwhelming draft spot if you're drafted at all. Yeah. And I, go go ahead, you know. So Mock didn't want to say it, but but I'll say it. Jaron Hall was the guy that was holding the receivers back in the gauntlet. <laughs> no, and- actually it wasn't. Really? Because yeah. he's Mr. Nonchalant. But no, there was somebody else. My question for you is: You spoke about DTR, the the mobile quarterback. Who's better? Who do you like better, DTR or Malik Cunningham? Mm, that's a good question. I like DTR better of the two, um, and I because I, I think he's he's closer. Malik's going to need more work. There were moments on film. There were even moments Saturday where the footwork, it's just he's moving the feet as he's throwing, like the back foot, not just the front foot. And, you know, it's going to take some time, I think, to really sort of get him where he needs to be. Whereas, you know, DTR, you can see sort of a Tyler Huntley path to him playing pretty early because there are things that he could do already. And there were, you know, concepts that he's extremely comfortable throwing and reading and executing. And, you know, I think he's more refined as a passer already. So of the two, I prefer DTR. But if you've got the window for the longer term developmental play, like there are things that I like about Malik Cunningham's game. I just think he's a little further away than DTR. And I want to know, I want to know what conference 
this mystery quarterback. I'll just <laughs> look. Don't tell. It was us. The, I like I like the game we're playing. All right. Well, I'll hint I'll, I'll <laughs> at it, but it's, but it's 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 somebody that played deep into the season. Max Dugan. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. He's, he's, yeah. He was. I want to say I was going to guess it. No pat, no patting on myself on the back, but I was going to guess that before you. He was on the sidelines on the gauntlet, and those poor receivers who were trying to catch and turn upfield. And I don't know, like there might have been something in the back of his mind, like I'm throwing to the sideline, I got to keep him in bounds. But like he was really struggling, and again, it's like a five yard throw that you're making. And I know it's to a moving target, but he was really struggling to put the ball where it needed to be. And by contrast, in the second session, that's where Stroud was. And you could see the difference. Like, he's hitting them in stride, and they could just catch and turn and show coaches, like, yeah, as a receiver, like, I could catch and change direction quickly. You almost get the sense. Like, I've heard stories about prior senior bowls or shrine bowls or whatever, where during one-on-ones, receivers would suddenly be like, looking, counted, and then – Oh, I gotta tie my shoe. I gotta fix my cleat. I gotta because oh, they don't want to catch. <laughs> the yeah. Um, you got the sense that like a couple of receivers might have been like, "Oh, I gotta, wait, hold on, I gotta get a drink of water." Yeah. Um, try to game out who they can have throwing to. Man, yeah. Go, go ahead, KT. My, uh, I'm sorry. I know we're on a time constraint. I no, you're, one, good. How, you're good. How do you feel about Clayton Tune? He tested really Ooh. well. Um, what, what do you yeah, he tested about? well. Like. <sighs> There are moments on film. I'm just kind of pulling up my notes on him right now. There are moments on film where it's like, you know, he reads concepts well. You know, there was a play. He had a dig route against Kansas where they have a receiver in motion. Defender trails him. So he's thinking, man, but they drop into zone. So he has to sort of change his expectations post-snap in a blink of the eye. And then he throws a dig route in the middle of the field between defenders. And it's like, wow, okay, I'll take that. But then a couple plays later, it's like he's under pressure and just has an absolute meltdown. Like he's very erratic. Um, you know, as we get into that sort of later, you know, day three range, right? You know, there are the other guys that have talked about DTR, Hanner, you know, maybe Paul. I, I'm not willing to give up completely on him yet. But he's in that sort of range where like, okay, there are things that he can do. There are concepts that he can read. There's that ability to read rotated safety safety rotations and coverage rotations which i think you have to have because that's what the defenses are doing you have to have the ability to like i just say you know if they show you a man response to motion but then flip it to zone spin it to zone you have to be able to figure that out he's done that if he can just iron out some of those you know meltdowns under pressure i think he could you know be at least a solid backup and like you said, KT, the athleticism tested extremely well. Although the poor guy had to go with DTR and Richardson. So it's like, yeah. you know, if he ran in the first group, we're like, man, this guy's amazing. And he gets stuck in the second group. So it was almost feel bad for him with those two guys. But, you know, I, I think there's athleticism there. There's some ability to read some stuff out there that, that impressed me. And so, again, yeah, you get into that sort of, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round range. Wouldn't surprise me to see a team draft him at all. And he was probably one of my favorite interviews at the senior yeah. ball he, he's a really? dude like he talking like not not just the interview like talking to him before the interview was pretty cool he had some cool stories he just seems like a straight up good dude so i would enjoy seeing him succeed so does anybody so nino you got another question for you go ahead go ahead i got one off chart question and it doesn't have to deal with this class is that all right Mark? does that have to do with starfield oh, yeah let's go for it give me your top qb in the 2024 class not named caleb or drake may michael Penix jr Boom. 
I love yeah. FedEx. I'm so excited to see him next year. That game he had against Oregon, like he had a whole shot, you know, right hash mark, left sideline late in that game. Or I, I, I was, you know, watching it. I was jotting down notes. It was one of those you yell, you yelp, you throw the pen, yeah. and you're just like, look, man. What the- <laughs> I was very, very impressed with him this year. And so next year, it's – I know we do this every year. Yeah. His next year's class is really crazy. Good. His receiver yeah. class is crazy. He's probably got a top five duo in, in all of college football. All right. Yeah. They got uh, Dylan Johnson in the backfield. Now he's a receiver yep. back. And I, I made a hot take saying that Ryan Grubb could be, you know, offensive coordinator of the year this year with what they got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Pettix Jr. really impressed me. I mean, look, Bo Nix impressed me at times as well. Um, That's you know, Nino's guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Pac-12 next year for quarterback play. Is you like Sanders? Really f- yeah, I mean – I think talked about it. UCLA. Who, who's the big time recruit that they just got? Dante Moore. Yeah. Dante Moore. Uh, my boy Ethan Young out there at UCLA. And so Pac-12 is going to be fun to watch. Whoa, next whoa, year. Whoa, but I, you said Ethan Young. So you don't think Colin Shee has any chance of starting? No, Ethan Young's their recruiting director. Oh, oh all right, all right. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've known Ethan for years. I was giving my boy a shout out. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I, I thought I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a quarterback that I didn't know about? No, oh, no, 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 no. It's the guy that got him there. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, more left Oregon. Do you like – what are your thoughts on Novasad? Austin Novasad. Yeah, good, you know, solid. Um, but, yeah, I'm just really excited about Panics. Yeah, all right. Hell yeah. It. Man, we're going to – we'll do this again. Like, hopefully we'll get you on before then. But next year yeah. we'll have to link link up again after the combine. No, we'll let's, be ta- let's do we'll- it before college football season. Talk some more. More oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I think I think I know some guys who we we could work that out. Man, <laughs> Mark, this has been a blast. And then also we can also catch up on our pregame strategy heading into September. Yeah, let's so we do can... before Starfield drops. Yeah. yeah. Just the Starfield show. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do a lot. We'll do a live stream. What what console you want? PlayStation or Xbox? I want Xbox, but oh, Yeah, well, it has to be, right? It's an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, it's an now. Xbox exclusive, so. Yeah, so That's so the man. system anyway. Well, yeah. I was an Whoa. Xbox guy, but I couldn't find an Xbox for months. So then I I had a buddy who could find a PlayStation 5, so I was able to get a PlayStation 5, but I've always been Xbox. So now I'm going to have to transition. And how I'm going to explain that to my wife, like, yeah. I need, you know, I need two consoles. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting a, P- a PlayStation 5 just for because there are some, you know, PS games that I yeah, want to play. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah. hey, Last the, of Us. The last console I have was oh, the Halo Nintendo 3. 64. No, a Halo 3, the all-green Xbox, right? The Nino had a GameCube. 100% <laughs> Nino had a GameCube. No, I had, I had, I had Sega Genesis, yeah. bro. Yeah. Sega Genesis, No, but you, you were one of those GameCube guys like this. This is going to change. This is going to change the world. <laughs> right, right. My brother was you know? one of them dudes. Yeah, right. ESPN came out with a video game with Terrell Owens on it. Yep. Like this is the next gen of football games. All right. Well, we we could we could talk enough about that. But Mark, man, it has been absolutely incredible, man. Thank you for blessing us with all your knowledge. You were a fountain of knowledge this evening, and hopefully, also not only can we do this again next year at the combine, we'll be bumping into each other. Absolutely, looking forward to that. And uh, friends, this was an absolute blast. I'm happy to come back anytime. Hey, is there anything you're working on right now like that you want to announce to the people who might be listening and hearing this, where they can find it? Well, actually, you mentioned Ted Lasso. Uh, So we have this lawn 
project we've been working on at SB Nation where we surveyed, I think, 30 different people to rank their favorite characters. And then my buddy James Dater and I wrote up a blurb. So that's going to drop either tomorrow or Monday, like the definitive ranking of like 19 Ted Lasso characters. Hell yeah. That, that was Hell a ton yeah. of fun to put together. Um, so I'm very angry where Nate ended up. I'm just going to okay. say he's... <laughs> He's not at the bottom, and he should be. I'm just going to say that. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Well, everybody listening in, stay tuned. In about uh, five minutes or so, we're going to be coming back on the stream. We're going to be talking RAS, all right, with Kent Lee Platt. So, again, Mark, we appreciate you. Nino, KT, I'll see you all in probably like five, ten minutes, all right? Catch you all later on. Take care.